could preach the phone book to you guys. And you'd be like, yes! I feel it! The Lord is all over! <laughs> so you guys are really good at championing people and helping them fulfill their dreams and just giving me an opportunity to speak. I am not a preacher. I am not on the rotation. But we do. We do have an understanding that when the Lord downloads something, I realize that I have to say it. And so... I've surrendered to that. If it's more me than him, I'd be like, yeah, I'll just tell him and he can do it. <laughs> but this one, God wouldn't let me. Um, I feel like I'm just going to hit the tip of the iceberg today, but that's okay because I feel like this could either go like 20 minutes because I want to do something at the end or like two hours. So we're going to go for the 20 minutes. So hang with me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something that the Lord has been working in me since... I mean, my whole Christian life since I was 14, but really since 2012, I would say when the journey actually intentionally began, and it began with somebody sharing a dream with me that they had about the church. It was a really simple dream, but it impacted me. I actually found my journal from 2012 about two weeks ago, and I read this and realized that this was when it all started, and it was such a God thing, but the dream was just a parade that went as far as the eye could see in both directions. And God had told this person that it was our provision for the church, that it was our continual provision that would just keep coming as the parade did. Now, to give context, our church was not in continual provision <laughs> in 2012. <laughs> so it was a prophetic word that we hung on to. I mean, who doesn't want continual provision, especially when you're not feeling like you have continual provision? And something that I wrote in my journal that just sparked the entire journey was that it was God's design to have continual provision, that he gave that dream to her. And in my journal, and I remembered it just all came flooding back as soon as I was reading it, it was Isaiah 60, 11. Therefore, your gates shall be open continually. They shall not be shut day or night. That men may bring to you the wealth of the Gentiles and their kings in procession or a parade. <laughs> so he wants us to have continual provision. And not only does he want us to have continual provision, he wants to give us better Later in that chapter in Isaiah 60, in 17, it says, Instead of bronze, I will bring gold. Instead of iron, I will bring silver. Instead of wood, bronze. And instead of stones, iron. I will also make your officers peace and your magistrates righteousness. Violence shall no longer be heard in your land, neither wasting nor destruction within your borders. But you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. <laughs> this is before we were the gate. So this is when the Lord was really just downloading our DNA into us back in 2012. This scripture, actually, you think that I'm talking about continual provision, but I'm not. 
that was just the catalyst of the journey that I actually went on with praise. This scripture, Isaiah 60, 17 and 18, it shows the key to have your gates continually open for his provision. Your gates shall be open continually. How? Praise. You shall call your gates praise. He does everything on purpose. <laughs> Our continual praise of God is what keeps the gate open for the procession of provision. It's our praise. And I know you guys feel the season that we're coming into. It's like electric where you can't help but praise and these things come out of you and you're like, what just happened? Who was that? <laughs> you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I but I received this revelation when we were not in that season. It was not the natural byproduct to praise and dance around for us personally in 2012. For me personally, I was smack dab in the middle of this huge identity crisis. I had a huge fear of man. I don't think you guys would know that now, but I used to be so scared to sing in front of people. <laughs> so scared to sing in front of people. And to be honest, I was just all over the place with my hormones because I was pregnant for like five years straight. <laughs> Let's just be honest. I mean, it's not all spiritual <laughs> that holds you back from praising, right? You know, the church was struggling. We had people in our family that were struggling. Like, praise was not just the easy thing to do. And this is when he started dropping this huge revelation of praise into my spirit. <laughs> So let's just hang out in Isaiah. Amen. It's Old Testament, but it's oh so good. <laughs> so why don't you guys turn to Isaiah 61 with me? And we'll read our scripture that everyone loves. I'm going to be drinking a lot of tea. The Lord is good. I woke up this morning and had no voice. <laughs> None. And John's like, um, do you want to do this? And I was like, I will do this. I will lead worship and I will preach. <laughs> so we're doing it. All right, you guys there? All right, so I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. So this is the NIV version. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. So, of course, I have to read this out of the Passion Translation because he just finished Isaiah. <laughs> so, listen. It says, the mighty spirit of the Lord Yahweh is wrapped around me because Yahweh has anointed me as a messenger to preach the good news to the poor. He sent me to heal the wounds of the brokenhearted, to tell captives, you are free, to tell prisoners, be free from your darkness, 
I am sent to announce a new season of Yahweh's grace and a time of God's recompense on his enemies to comfort all who are in sorrow, to strengthen those crushed by despair who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful bouquet in the place of ashes, the oil of bliss instead of tears, the mantle of joyous praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. Because of this, they will be known as mighty oaks of righteousness, planted by Yahweh as a living display of his glory. So praise is mentioned in this. So many times when we talk about the scripture, we don't really focus on the joyous praise that's mentioned. And what I learned from this passage is that praise is described as clothing. It's a garment. In the Passion Translation, it calls it a splendor garment. So splendor for me, personally, means it's bedazzled and sparkly. <laughs> this is my splendor garment. <laughs> okay, so with clothing in mind, so you guys wake up every, every morning. First question, am I going to get out of my pajamas today? Right? Okay, let's be honest. That's our first question. Then really our second question is, what am I going to wear today? Right? Ladies, what outfit are you going to put on? <laughs> we look at our mood. Am I in a moody, broody, black and neutral mood? <laughs> you know? I, am I in a joyous where I want to wear bright, super fun colors? Right? Am I right? Do you guys not get dressed every morning? <laughs> Do you guys not look in your closet and just stare at your clothing and it's like, what do I want to do? <laughs> right? <laughs> Maybe that's just the creative in me. I'm like, what, can, what new can I do with this? <laughs> but as adults, our parents still don't dress us, do they? No, we dress ourselves. Unless you're on Downton Abbey, but you still pick out your clothes and they dress you. <laughs> had to throw that in there. <laughs> but you know what this tells me about praise? Praise is our choice. It is our garment, right? It is an action that we choose to take. I see praise as an action and worship as a response. We praise, he comes, we respond in worship. Right? <laughs> God used the metaphor of clothing because just like we decide what we're going to wear every day and then dress ourselves, we are the ones who decide if we are going to get dressed in praise every day. <laughs> God can't make that decision for you. He's really good at a lot of things. And provides so much, but he cannot make that choice for you. <laughs> he doesn't get you dressed, but I'm going to use what John said with heaven being in stock. He's going to make sure that your closet is stocked 
with the best heavenly fashions, right? (laughs) But you still dress yourself. (laughs) That's why there is so much power in praise. (laughs) It's the action that best illustrates God's original design. That he brought us here. He gave us free will for us to choose to praise him and have a relationship with him. Right? It's the most powerful tool to bring us back to the original plan. (laughs) The more we understand that it's solely our choice, the more glory it gives to God. So many times we have to make the decision to get dressed in praise when it's not easy. When you have hard circumstances, when you have trying times, but you always have that garment of praise in your closet. Always. <laughs> That's why in, this, in, in Isaiah, they have the spirit, like praise, and they say joyous praise, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. He, he paired those together on purpose, right? What's heaviness? When you're overwhelmed, when you're tired, when you're depleted, when everyone's not nice to you, when the world's not nice to you, it's heavy. So what's his answer? Put on your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> get dressed but isn't that true when you are dealing with a spirit of heaviness you don't want to get dressed do you you just want to be like I don't feel like it I just don't feel like it but that is the time when you pick up your praise clothes You put your clothes on, and you go hit the town. (laughs) I'm saying this in the sense of clothes, but if you will take this and put it into your spirit, man, and into your spiritual life, I want to bring an understanding of praise that it is our action. It is something that we do. It should be as routine and regular for us as us getting up every morning and getting dressed. The more you choose to praise, the easier it is to praise in every circumstance, no matter what is going on in your life, no matter what spirit is going on around you, right? It doesn't matter. God doesn't change. So my praise doesn't change. Right? What time is it? Okay. So I'm just going to briefly, there's seven words of praise because of time, I'm just going to tell you, go look those up. (laughs) It is your homework (laughs) to activate this praise. But the point that I wanted to make with this is that the Hebrew has seven different words for praise. And this is for praise. There's other words for joy. There's other words for giving thanks. There's other words for happiness. All of these things, this is for praise. Seven different words in the Hebrew. Since I can't go through them, some of them are to shine, to boast, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. (laughs) To extend your hands vigorously 
as in complete surrender, to give thanks, to extend your hands in thanksgiving for something that hasn't happened yet, to shout, to play instruments, <laughs> to sing unrehearsed and unplanned praises. <laughs> There's so many different ways of praise. It was important in the Hebrew culture. And then even these, you know, I've, I've talked to some people and they're just like, well, this is just lifting your voice and maybe lifting your hands is really what they're talking about. But I'm, I won't get into all the scriptures. I'll give you two just to, just to kind of get us on the right track. But when you see these words of praise, they're normally coupled with other physical acts. So in Psalm 149.3, it says, let them praise his name in the dance. <laughs> in Psalm 47.1, oh, clap your hands, oh, you people, and shout to God with a voice of triumph. I got it. I got it. <sighs> All right. I'm telling you, I'm going to be up here for two hours. <laughs> so I have a, a verse in the Bible that is my standard for praise. It's my personal standard. It is Zephaniah 3:17. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. <laughs> Do you guys know what rejoice over you means in that text? Right? To dance, skip, leap, spin around with joy. <laughs> this is what God's doing. He is dancing. He is skipping. He is leaping. He is spinning around you, singing joyful songs. This is my standard. <sighs> In Strong's Rejoice, it means spin, but it also means under the influence of any violent emotion. That is usually rejoicing. A violent emotion. <laughs> a violent emotion. Has anybody in here had a violent emotion before? <laughs> it doesn't have to be rejoicing, just a violent emotion. <laughs> okay, let's start. Let's just start with some intense emotions here. <laughs> he is so joyous. That he is violently spinning and dancing over us constantly. <laughs> so I'm going to bring this sort of into the New Testament and New Covenant. In Luke 4 14, it says, Jesus returned to Galilee and the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. Hmm. Everyone praised him. 
He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went to the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recover of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. Could you guys imagine being there for that? That was like their golden verse, right? He read it and just sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. (laughs) So in the Hebrew culture, he didn't say all of Isaiah 61. But in that culture, if you start a passage, everyone who heard it understood you meant the entire passage. Right? Some people say that he didn't say the last half of it, so the time for praise isn't, isn't the time yet. <laughs> he meant the entire passage. The prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled in Jesus. Do we agree on that? The entire passage of Isaiah 61. Jesus is perfect theology. Right? I'm, I'm kind of bringing us like, I'm just trucking here. Jesus is perfect theology. We are to be like Jesus. So we are commissioned into Isaiah 61, right? We've heard so many times that the Spirit is on me, so I'm going to preach. And that's good. I'm not saying that's wrong, but we have to keep going. That's not the fullness, that's in part, that's only a tiny little piece. Everyone says that the kingdom is about preaching. Salvation is important, but it's not everything. Or he would have stopped it there, right? No, he said, proclaim the good news, heal, set captives free, proclaim the Lord's favor, comfort those who mourn, give beauty for ashes, so restoration, give joy for mourning, and give praise for heaviness. He says, give praise for heaviness. It's something you give. Why? For the display of his splendor. (laughs) And then if you keep going down in verse 10, it says, I delight greatly in the Lord. My soul rejoices in my God. He has clothed me with the garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up, and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before all nations. So praise was mentioned even more than once in Isaiah 61. I would say it was mentioned two more times that my soul rejoices. I take great delight. But you know what? I keep seeing praise coupled with two more things. 
with salvation and with righteousness. This is how important praise is. He's constantly coupling it with righteousness and salvation. <laughs> Could it be that he values praise as much as salvation? That he values praise as much as the righteousness that he gives to you. We know that we know that we were given righteousness. It's ours for free, right? We're righteous because he's righteous. That's a free gift. Salvation is a free gift. But praise is our gift to him. <laughs> he chose. In, okay, so if we go back to 11, it says, So the sovereign Lord will make righteousness and praise spring up before the nations. Those two things, righteousness, praise. He gives righteousness, we give praise. That's why he picked those two things, right? This is all about relationship. Everything in the kingdom is about relationship. So he picks righteousness and he picks praise because it's two parties coming together, both giving in the relationship equally. God gives righteousness, we give praise. Now, I honestly, I don't feel like it's equal. I feel like he does more than me. But in his eyes, it's an equal exchange. God had to give us the complete choice to praise. To be in true relationship with him. <laughs> I think the thing that blew my mind the most was that I learned that our praise breeds intimacy. Our choice to praise draws us near to him. Everyone, I feel like that there's a stigma that... The closest moments you can have with God is when you're like a puddle on the floor and you can't move. And I've been there. Those are glorious, okay? So I'm not, like, diminishing anything. But they think that is what intimacy is. Those quiet and snuggly and oozy-goozy moments is intimacy. And it is. But again, it's in part. We want the fullness. Okay, so all of you who are married here, if your marriage was only snuggling and just having those quiet, just intimate moments, how many know that after a while you would get so bored? <laughs> right? <laughs> oh my, like for real. <laughs> would you not get bored if all you did was sit quietly with each other and soak and just be in each other's presence? Right? Boring. So why is it any different with God? Why is it any different? Everyone put bases their intimacy level with God with how deep into soaking they can go. But how about how crazy and wildly you can dance in excitement over his goodness? Right? Your spouse, I know that your spouse knows a side, the weird side of you, like nobody else in this room does. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Hey, <laughs> Intimacy. <laughs> you know that you are in your closest circle of friends when you can be completely free. Say whatever that you want to say. Just let out. Let go. <laughs> be weird. Everybody laughs. It's okay. They may call you weird, but they still love you, right? <laughs> it is no different with God. As much as he wants your soaking and you're, and you're sitting still in his presence, he wants your joy. He wants your excitement. He wants your shouts. He wants your claps. He wants your dancing. As much as he is spinning and leaping and dancing over you, he wants you to join him. And the spinning, and the dancing, and the leaping. <laughs> when I was thinking about this, Jeremiah came to mind. I think Jeremiah kind of knew this, right? In 20 verse 9, it said, But I say, I will not mention his word nor speak his, any more of his name. His word is in my heart like a fire. Yeah. A fire shut up in my bones, yeah. and I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, yeah. I cannot. Yeah. <laughs> He is feeling the praise that I feel like is stirring in this house. It is that fire that is inside of you that you're just like, Wah! right? <laughs> okay, so what does fire look like in your bones? What would that look like? Like what? Like when I read these scriptures, I'm like, what does that mean? What does that feel like? What does that actually look like? Right? We ask God to set us on fire and fill us with fire and pour down the fire. What does that mean? What does that look like? I don't want us to just have these Christianese phrases. I want us to completely understand what we are hungry for. So that when it happens, we're just like, yes, instead of like, what is happening? Yeah, come on. <laughs> right? <laughs> so what does fire look like? It's always moving. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We always say that a fire is dancing. <laughs> it's always in motion. Fire is never still. Right? It can be unpredictable. I, California knows this very well right now. It is contagious. Guess what? Fire is not a response. It's the instigator. It comes in and takes over. It's an initiator. It's like you are doing what I am doing. <laughs> and I understand that God, he is fire and he is water. I just want to reiterate that the soaking times and the time where he says, be still in my presence yeah. is so important. Yeah. But he is fire as well. Yeah. I feel like um, I never want to come across derogatory. So I'm like, the revelation that was revealed, I would say in like recent past, was a time of soaking, learning to soak, learning to be in his presence. And it was glorious. And it is glorious. But I feel like he's releasing a new revelation. 
that we have been so comfortable being in the water. That we're used to the water. That we kind of stand here and get all fidgety until the water comes. And then we're like, oh, here's his presence. Here's his glory. I don't know what the rest of that was. I was just waiting for the glory to fall in the water. But if we want the fullness, we need to learn to be comfortable and operate in the fire. In the dancing, in the moving. Fire is intense, but it's also joyous. I'm not saying that we're gonna be up here just like, There'll be times I do that all the time. <laughs> Fire is just about that excitement, that life that sparks inside of you. I feel like we are like on the brink. Like praise has been exploding in this place. It has been breaking. But I feel like the, the reason why the Lord released me to share just these few nuggets is because for us to go further, we have to understand what we're doing and why we're doing it. It can't be moments of praise. Like, I'm, I'm not satisfied with hit and miss praise. Like, when I get up there, I don't want hit and miss praise. But I'm also not going to cheerlead you either because my praise is my praise and your praise is your praise. <laughs> so I'm up here dancing like a wild banshee. And <laughs> but I want you guys to know and get the revelation that the Lord has shown me. And that's why I dance like a wild banshee up there sometimes. <laughs> That took a lot of freedom. That was a journey. And I went on the journey. So I know you guys can go on the journey. <laughs> this season that we're coming into, I feel like hinges on praise. There's so much heaviness in this city. There's so much heaviness in this nation. There's so much heaviness even in the families represented in this room that the key is praise, that it hinges on praise. It hinges on you deciding to put on your praise clothes, even if the day doesn't look any different than the day before. Right? I believe that praise is the key to the more that we have been looking for. When the Lord sees us praising with every part of our being, our spirit, our soul, and our bodies, every part of our being, he sees someone who he can pour out on and move on because he knows that he has your complete trust it takes trust and vulnerability to show your crazy side, to show your excitement, to share your excitement and extreme emotions, intense, violent emotions with somebody. That takes so much vulnerability. Yeah. 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 
It shows that trust. And when he sees that trust, he knows that you are in alignment and that he can pour out and he can begin to move because there's mutual trust, right? (laughs) It's having the praise and the worship, the fullness. Praise is our action that draws God in. It's what he's enthroned on. And then when he's enthroned, we get to gaze at him in worship. Do you guys want more of God? Do you want the fullness of what he has for this house, for you, in this season, in the now? (laughs) All right, so close your eyes. And Andy, go ahead and get that song ready. Thank you. Imagine a person praising with everything that they have. With all that they are, what are they doing? What are they saying? Are they shouting? Are they singing? Are they playing instruments? Are they dancing? Imagine them. Everyone's picture is going to be different in here. But realize your imagination is your reality. The picture that you see is you. It's the praise that you have inside of you. What you're imagining is your praise that God deserves. So do you praise like this in the physical world yet? It's okay if not. It's just an invitation into more. It's not condemnation, it's an invitation.